You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, a Tuesday edition. On Tuesdays, we have the two-minute drill. We spend uh, around two minutes, give or take, give or take quite a lot, on a question covering every division in the NFL. And we're going to look back at Monday Night Football, which was uh, one of the most shocking final scores, I think, of the year and how it all played out with the Steelers and Bengals. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches January 18th. And you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. At BD Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, the scout, Matt Williamson, a must-follow at Williamson NFL. Matt, what the hell happened last night? Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers falling to the Cincinnati Bengals 27-17. Did the Bengals listen to this podcast and all the bad-mouthing we've done about them being <laughs> the worst team right now in the NFL? Or did they just get really mad about Juju Smith-Schuster posting a TikTok dancing on the logo midfield? Wow. I, I hate to say it, but it's just more of the same for what's gone on with the Steelers. I mean, they're... They won their first 11 and were very impressive in their first 10. But that 11th game was that that what Coach Tomlin said against the JV Ravens squad when they were just decimated with COVID, barely got that win. And from that point on, they've been a flat-out bad football team. You know, I mean, second halves just getting dominated by Washington and Buffalo, who's really good. And then last night, Everyone saw it. I mean, they're not a good team right now. I dropped them all the way down to 14th or 15th in my power ranks. The defense, yeah, I mean, that's how they're playing. Uh, The defense can only do so much. Uh, The linebackers at the second level and some of the replacement guys are getting picked on on and over and over. And the offense is just abysmal. There's uh, multiple things that stood out. First of all, how many big runs Lamar Jackson, I mean, uh, Ryan Finley made in that game (laughs) as the Bengals quarterback. The Bengals only threw for 89 yards in that game and beat the Steelers 27-17. But on the other side, it was Ben. Ben looked like a shell of his former self in this game. Has he looked that bad recently? Because I can't remember him looking like he did in this game. He looked, uh, I don't want to say he's washed because, you know, things can change week to week in the NFL, but that did not look right, and they still can't run the ball. No, uh, this was the worst he's looked without question. Um, you could blame his receivers, lack of running game, things like that in previous games. But boy, he was horrific in this game. And the offense is so one-dimensional. And now everyone in the world knows how to play against it because there's a lot of defensive bodies at the line of scrimmage. And there's no threat. Here, here's how it is. The Steelers barely run the ball, and when they do, they do it poorly, and it's against super stacked boxes because their whole passing game is basically from minus two to eight yards past the line of scrimmage at most. I mean, Mm. very short zones. And it's funny, if you look at like the heat maps or the bend throws of the year, 
all of his deep shots are go routes down the right sideline. So there, just think about all the blades of grass that Pittsburgh doesn't attack if it's all within a couple yards of the line of scrimmage or a deep shot down the right sideline. There's all this grass that defenses now don't put any bodies, they don't hardly have to deal with. So they've gotten very easy to defend. They they tackle after the catch. They contest catches. That adds to more drops. They bat down more passes. And Ben can't, I don't want to say can't, but isn't. And the line isn't holding up to attack the other areas. And I don't know if it's the coordinator, if it's the if it's the protection, if it's the quarterback, is it all the above? But that's their problems, and every defense knows it. And the turnovers really killed them, right. especially early. And I do want to give credit to the Bengals and how well they played and how how confident they came out early in that game. And the defensive backs flying around, make, making plays. We haven't talked a lot about Jesse Bates. He's been one of the free, best free safeties in the NFL. Uh, since he was drafted, really, he's, he's a really good player. Doesn't really get a lot of credit around the league. And um, Darius Phillips had, I think, broke up three passes, got his hands on a lot of balls. They were flying around and making plays on defense. Carl Lawson was the one that really stood out, yes. too. I mean, coming off the edge, he was exceptional. Um, he's a player I've liked for a lot and a long time and really liked him coming out of school. So they do have a couple young pieces on on defense, and I don't mean to discredit what the the Bengals did. I thought their defense played probably its best game in a while. Um, Finley's not exactly Lamar Jackson, though, and you would think after maybe one zone read run, uh, considering how you know this, they don't <laughs> throw the ball, you might just stay home and take that away. Yeah, took him forever to adjust for that. I mean, that that was mind boggling to me. You shouldn't lose this game. I mean, I give the Bengals credit, but the Steelers are not in a good place right now. And they 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 host the Colts, then they go to the Browns. I think they lose both those and get blown out in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, Jeez. I think it's eleven and you know eleven wins, and then all the rest are losses. Wow, that would be unbelievable. It, Amazing, it has man. happened before, though. The nineteen sixty nine Rams. It was only a fourteen game really? regular season. Then they went eleven and zero lost their last three games, and then lost in the first round of the playoffs. So that has happened before, but it was only a 14-game season. Wow. And it would make sense if, you know, if it was the 85 Bears and they lost Walter Payton and Mike Singletary and, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. if it, it, And the Steelers have had injuries, but it's not like they lost T.J. Watt, Ben Roethlisberger, and you know what I mean? They're not playing with Duck Hodges. Kansas City has sewn up the one seed, by the way, in the AFC playoffs. Even if Kansas City loses out and Pittsburgh and Buffalo both win out, Kansas City is still the number one seed. They've got tiebreakers. Yeah. They've got tiebreakers over Buffalo and Pittsburgh. Um, they've got the second seed. It looks like Buffalo's got tiebreakers over Pittsburgh. They beat the Steelers. Yeah, so. Steelers I mean, at best, be the Steelers are going to be the three seed, three seed. And I think they've got a chance to lose a division to Cleveland, which <laughs> oh is amazing. Gosh, that's, uh, that is unbelievable. Wow. So, yeah, um, the, the Steelers do need to figure something else out. What about this? Like, if you know you can't get the one seed and you can still get into the playoffs even if you lose out, do you sit, Ben, and maybe rest him a little bit before the playoffs? Yeah, there was even talk of doing that in this game. And the way I looked at it before this game, which obviously sounds stupid now, was if you win on Monday night against what I thought was the worst team in the league, and I assumed they would win that game, then you could totally rest everybody in week 17, use that as your buy, and week 16 really wouldn't even matter that much anyway. You know, you'd, you'd have the division locked up. 
but now do you need to win the division? Like, I wonder how we, I kind of touched on this yesterday. I really am curious how teams, how much teams value. If you don't get the one seed in both conferences, do you really care where you land? Cause in general, and this is very Steeler centric, I would much rather sit people in week 17 and use that as my buy even if it means not winning the division mm-hmm. or falling from the two seed to the four seed, like who cares this year? Right. Yeah. Travel would be the, the big thing. And there are some stadiums with a few sa- fans in the seats, but um, I'm with you. Yeah. The, the home field advantage matters less this year than ever. And if you can rest your team, be healthier for that playoff game, that's much more important. Yeah. And, and like, I, I don't know what's all wrong with Ben, but he supposedly has a knee and an elbow once in a while, though, he makes a big time throw. It's just, I, I, I don't. He might be washed. I mean, and if he's washed, the Steelers could be like the worst team in that division for the next two years. Well, they still have that defense, and they there's a plenty of opportunity this off season, and and that'll be a fun one actually when we talk Steelers how to fix their quarterback room. So uh, that it's will be coming one. up this off season. We'll be talking about every team in the league and their quarterbacks and, and all the off season of the draft. But right now, well, I want to get to your questions. Our two minute drill coming up. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear. So many big games on the horizon. NFL college football bowl games. There is only one place that has you covered BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Find the best betting lines and props at betonline.ag. Win yourself a little bit of money. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sports experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore ag on twitter to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business sign up for a free account and use promo code locked on for your sign up bonus betonline.ag i want to kick this off in that steelers Bengals division the afc north and a question from jay got a little chuckle out of me here he says could matt please reflect on ben's career it was a shame that he retired in the middle of the season <laughs> yeah it's pretty good his his season is <laughs> his career is not over they they still have a playoff game to play even if things go very south but um yeah ben's career where is ben's career that, that is that is a really big question that doesn't that that takes more than two minutes but uh the, the joke is funny yeah he did not retire mid-season still playing well he just came out yesterday the day before which most of us around the team assumed would happen and said I plan on playing in 2021 and um, his contracts up after next year. Like that was kind of the obvious play until then. But do you think, I mean, I'm asking you as an outsider that isn't as close to it. And it's probably watching last night doesn't help his cause. Do you think maybe you have a sit down with them and say, well, we could really use your 30 million. Why don't you uh, consider <laughs> hanging it up and spend a little more time with the fam, you right. know, and totally go in a different direction? I mean, I mentioned how the offense is structured. It's so Ben dependent, you know, that if he gets a pass batted down and intercepted or that, that string of drops, you know, that 
there's no room for error because they can't fall back on a running game. Or if he starts to look old and misses open guys like last night, then the offense crumbles like we saw. Yeah, and that's true. Look, there's there's teams that would kill to have Ben's quarterback play right now. So it's not crazy to think he could still play a little bit, but you've got to make plans and you've got, and I thought they would do more this year to have a better backup situation and maybe push, not necessarily push Ben, but just have some other plans in place in case there was another injury with Ben and, uh, and maybe a quarterback of the future situation. They have to do that in 2021, no matter if Ben plays or if he doesn't, but Ben can't make the receivers stop dropping the ball. Right. And he can't, fix the running game by himself. So if you fix some of those things, the the Steelers would would be in good shape right now. They probably wouldn't even they'd be have a better record than a 11 and 3 and wouldn't have lost the last three straight games. So I think you're okay maybe rest him a week and see what he looks like. I don't, don't want to overreact, but he didn't look like a player that had a long time left to play in the league last night. No, and he didn't look super excited about getting hit. Um I don't want to dwell on this too much, but Something I always talk about with these, this, all these old quarterbacks, Breeze and Brady really come to mind last year, that it's not that they can't make throws anymore. And yeah, their, their skills diminish. But one thing I always harp on with these old guys is late in the season, they look old. You know, the rigors of the yeah. year catch up to them and the cold and playoff te- defenses and all the hits start to accumulate. And Ben hasn't been hit that much, but still... It's just wear and tear on old people's bodies. And I was thinking about the Steelers in a Saints Breeze-like manner because Breeze hasn't really thrown the ball well for two years, and they still win a ton of games. But Breeze is better cerebrally. you know, He's better mentally in processing, although Ben's better at that. He's more accurate with the close stuff. And he gets more help from his coaching staff with scheme. And he's got Alvin Kamara. I mean, really, I mean... It, if the Steelers had Alvin Kamara, that would be all you need. But I mean, not like he grows on trees. You can't just, oh, I'll just go get myself an Alvin Kamara for Christmas, you know. But, you know, I, I look at and they play the dome. Those are all excellent points. And, and you're right. We've seen that with older quarterbacks. And in late season, they're much worse than they are at the beginning of the season. And yeah. Ben is not that. It helps Breeze to be smaller in in some ways. I think, you know, physically, that was one of the big questions with smaller quarterbacks. Are they going to hold up to the rigors of the NFL and get hit a lot? And, you know, he's got broken ribs, right? And he's tough and he's able to get through that. But I think being small and just biomechanically getting the ball out quicker helps him because Ben's thing was hold the ball forever, fend off some sacks and make a big throw. That's not the recipe for an older quarterback. you got to get the ball out of your hands very quickly in timing as often as you can. And obviously the Steelers have done a lot more of that recently one of the other things that stood out with Ben in this game was that fumble that center quarterback exchange that was fumbled he, yeah. he looked like he couldn't even bend over to try to pick up the ball if he wanted to <laughs> all right he looked like an old man in a wheelchair you know I mean like it, yeah it, there's a lot of things going wrong with that offense right now all right let's let's move on to the NFC West and another quarterback JDS wants to know what happened to Russell Wilson I don't know I mean he's been the best two or three quarterbacks in the league now for three years, in my opinion, is he fighting a rough spot? Is this a slump? Are they a little easier to defend because they only have two weapons and could really use that third guy or the Kamara, like I mentioned, or the Jared cook type, or what is going on there? I don't have a great feel. Part of it, I think is 
his bar was set so incredibly high that if he's not in the MVP race, we think he stinks, you know? <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. Look, he's got 37 touchdowns to 13 interceptions. A lot more interceptions lately than he would like, but he's already closing mm-hmm. in on 4,000 passing yards, completing over forty or over 70% of his passes. There's maybe four teams in the league that wouldn't want that right now at quarterback, and that's not even peak Russell Wilson that we saw at the beginning of the year. So playing a little bit worse than he did at the beginning of the year, the turnovers is really the big thing, the the interceptions. But when you become a gunslinger, right, they let Russ cook. That's going to come with it. We've seen a lot of great quarterbacks throw more interceptions when they chuck the ball a lot more, and not everybody uh, is going to remain as efficient if you're throwing the ball all over the place, trying to make big plays, throwing the ball downfield a lot. So uh, I I don't see a problem at all. There's nothing wrong at all with Russell Wilson, and this is a – team right now that's that's in first place in the NFC West rolling into the playoffs so I don't see a problem unless he throws a bunch of picks in a playoff game right and I do think some of it is defensive scheme where they're seeing a lot of too high safeties don't beat us over the top Lockett's struggling a little bit right now and they they really only have two guys and if one of them's not quite up to where they usually are Mm -hmm. Um, and Metcalf's getting a lot of attention with top corners and the Jalen Ramseys of the world and Patrick Peterson's, and he's still developing as a route runner, even though he's got superstar traits. So I don't know that the 10 people around Russ have been quite as good as they usually are either. The defense has not helped them out either. Put them in some b- bad situations where you have to outscore teams every week. Throughout the year, without question. Yeah. Although I think the defense is looking up. It is looking up, although that Washington yeah. last week, it's hard to, to use them as a barometer yeah, right now with Dwayne Haskins at quarterback and you know what, how, um, how deficient they are on offense as a team. But they, they're tr- definitely trending up on defense, which, which makes them a scary team in the playoffs because uh, a Russ that doesn't throw two interceptions is a team you're going to have to contend with seriously in the playoffs. That's not oh, a team yeah. you really want to play. And uh, in the NFC, maybe they're not the one seed, but they might be the second uh, most difficult team to play against if they're if they're on and they're hitting and they're a tough team to cover. There, yeah, no problems. I I think with Russell Wilson thrown too many interceptions recently. Um, I'm not worried about them. Yeah, I mean, in the second round of the playoffs, we might look at this question. No offense to the person who wrote it, and be like, "That's kind of funny." Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Look at this. He's hoisting <laughs> yeah, a right. trophy, right? Yeah. Um, well coached. Yeah, no, I'll bet no. on that guy. To Hoyt. On Twitter, he says, Matt, last week you scared Dolphins fans like me when you said, I don't love Tua. Will you elaborate on that? What do you think his ceiling is? Where do you see him long term? There's a lot to like there. I mean, I think his mental makeup, his processing, his accuracy are all top notch. And that's great. But I'd I'd rather Burrow. I'd rather Herbert. I don't think Tua is off the charts gifted, you know, like a. Some of these guys that we're talking about is the best in the league right now or are coming on strong. The Josh Allens of the world that have a really high ceiling. Tua's never going to be that athlete, that overpowering specimen. Frankly, I think his comparison is Drew Brees. You know, they have that nice, you know, low center of gravity, strong, balanced body. I often like to bring up that Breeze was an exceptional tennis player. Just think of the feet uh, feet Mm -hmm. and balance of a tennis player. I think Tua should pattern his game after him. Get it out super quick. Make a lot of quick reads. Improv when you have to. Um, I do think it's noteworthy, though, that it was two weeks ago that he had to bring the team back and kind of play outside his comfort zone 
and did, you know, so I'm not saying he's a bust or they should consider packaging their picks up for fields or something like that. I just don't know that he's going to be a top five guy ever. So much has to happen above the neck for NFL quarterbacks to be a great, great quarterback. And it helps to have exceptional arm strength. And he doesn't quite have that. It gets you through the tough times. But he's got, yeah, right, exactly. You can you can outthrow some mistakes sometimes, and, and you see some of these amazing throws week to week by some of these quarterbacks. It's really nice to have. He doesn't have that arm. He's got a fine arm. He's got a really good arm, and that'll sure. be fine. And he's not Lamar athletic, but he can move around. Like you mentioned, moving in the pocket. He can buy time. He can make some plays with his legs. I think maybe you know some of his injuries might sap some of that eventually from him, but he can do all of those things. So he's fine there. How good will he be from the neck up? That will... You know, will he be on a Drew Brees path? Is is can he get to that level as an efficient passer there? He's got plenty of physical ability. And look, Joe Burrow doesn't have like a ridiculous physical ability too. So no. um I, I like Tua a lot. I think he will be helped out by having a lot more weapons in Miami and being further removed from that injury, and as quarterbacks do, year two, year three, making big jumps. So I still have a a lot of faith that Tua is the guy for the Dolphins. I don't think they would consider drafting a quarterback unless it was Trevor Lawrence, and they ended up with the number one pick, which they will not. So, yeah, I'm on board with Tua. I like Tua a lot, and I think there's still a lot there, and maybe he just doesn't have those wow throws, but he's going to be a very good player in the league. And uh, I'm excited to watch those quarterbacks, all three of the top quarterbacks this year and watch them develop into next year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think Flores will understand, and they've already shown this, how to build around their guy. Like I mentioned, Josh Allen, Josh Allen and two are very, very different, but Allen's organization understood exactly what Allen was and what he needed. And they went out and got it for him. I bet this off season, we're going to look at Tua and be like, wow, he's set up to really shine. They just drafted the best guard in the draft and signed Allen Robinson and, you know, and ATN's the running back or whatever. You know, like they'll add a couple things around him and we'll say, wow, now he's really set up for success. Coming up, we've got more questions covering more divisions in the NFL and a conundrum for the New York Jets now picking a second potentially in the NFL draft, what to do there next on Peacock and Williamson. Are you hitting a wall? Well, I've got great news for you then. Power through that wall with Built Go. Whether it's a mental wall or a physical wall, break through it with Go every day. Easy to take one and a half ounce packages. It's energy, protein, B vitamins, honey, and a little kick of caffeine to get you going. And it's small, easy to carry, easy to take. Put it in your briefcase, put it in your golf bag to power you through the back nine have your most focused presentation at work ever put it in your car just stick it in your pocket built go is the best workout gel on the market too it's like having an energy drink without that same crash of this overly sugared caffeinated beverage much healthier for you because it's natural and better for the body three delicious flavors peanut butter honey coconut chocolate and chocolate mint go to builtgo.com and use promo code locked and you'll get 20 percent off your next order that is promo code locked for 20 percent off at builtgo.com let's go 
The biggest shocker of the weekend might have been the Bengals beating down the the Steelers, but uh, I think the Jets overtakes it. The, the Jets beating the Rams. Not only was it the Jets winning their first game of the season, I didn't see any wins on that schedule. It was beating a playoff team in the Los Angeles Rams. Um, now, picking second potentially, unless Jacksonville wins a game and the New York Jets lose out, Jacksonville does have the tiebreaker, it looks like, for that number one overall pick. So if that means Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville what do you do at number two now for the New York Jets? Is one of the other quarterbacks good enough to move on from Sam Darnold? Or do you say, you know what, maybe we could take a windfall in trade here and build around Darnold still? What do you think, Matt? Yeah, I think the rest of the year is very important for that decision because, first of all, I've been a Darnold believer. And in order to keep him, you're going to have to pay him, though. But you might get him at a discount rate right now, too, if you do truly love the player. What I don't know just from where I sit is how good is Fields, and some people even have Wilson ahead of Fields, which isn't a knock on Fields. It's just that Wilson's coming on strong from BYU. So are those guys every other year, are they first overall pick type guys, or are they the fifth, sixth, seventh best player in the draft? That's what I don't know because I'm not deep enough in draft coverage. From what I read and what I see, they're worth the second pick, especially Fields, who's been that entrenched there since day one. So you can still get something in, Dar- in for Darnold. I mean, and it, you get a pretty good pick for him. Draft Fields, have him at least under contract for the next five years cheap, and still have a lot of other resources to build around him. That seems like the most logical thing to me. But I also heard Mike Lombardi, who I respect a lot, saying, what if Darnold over the final month of the season convinces you that he's better than Fields right now? Then you have to go with Darnold. Yeah, that's tough, man, because I had already said goodbye to Sam right, Darnold. Me too. Right, me Yeah, in my, in my 2021. Four days ago, I said goodbye. Future now mind. I, I thought that was done. And, you know, seeing him battle back and play a good game and beat a good team and lose out on the chance to draft Trevor Lawrence. It makes the decision more difficult. I think they would still draft a quarterback there, but I'm listening to offers at least. And I think whoever has number one is not even going to pick up the phone really because they're, they're not trading that pick. Mm-hmm. No, I, I have Lawrence is off the table, right? You might get an RG three type deal to move to two. And that would be interesting. I think, first of all, you better hire a head coach and think what he thinks. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we always right. forget like that step of the process sometimes. Like, what should Detroit Detroit do with Stafford? Well, hire somebody that's in charge of the team first. Right. Then, yeah, exactly. You know. At least the Jets have a GM coming back. But yeah, some of these rumors coming out of towns where they don't have a GM. It's like, well, how could they have made that decision? There's no general manager that, that makes those decisions on <laughs> sure. staff currently. Uh, the sure. other interesting one here is the Cincinnati Bengals thought they would lose out this year. Now at three, ten, and one, there are ten teams behind them with either four or five wins from pick four currently in the draft all the way down to the Denver Broncos at pick thirteen. Those are all within one win of each other. Uh, if Cincinnati wins another game, they could jump all the way down to like seven, in, and and even if they win both games, they could be picking in the teens, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I had yeah. really dismissed that the top three teams were going to be the top three teams in the draft, including mm-hmm. Jacksonville. Yeah, same. Um, I don't think they win another game, but I know Baltimore's on the outside looking in. Could Baltimore have a, a spot wrapped up and rest people? I just think week 17 might mess up the draft. I mean, there might be people mm-hmm. resting people left and right, teams resting people left and right, and all of a sudden – 
all these teams that we thought were picking the top five or end up at eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get that extra game. Right. No, that's that's a very good point there. That that could absolutely happen. And and we've seen it in years past. Things get really shaken up in the last couple of weeks of the season. It already happened in week 15 with the Jets winning their first game of the year, much to the chagrin of most of their fans, which was Pretty crazy to watch. On yeah, Twitter it really doesn't the, help the order. Uh, it doesn't help. That, that's that's a bad win. Like uh, some other teams that are already in the middle of the middle of the first round. Maybe you're not going to make the playoffs, but you know, go win some football games. What's the difference between drafting 13 and 15, right? But right, generational quarterback prospect at one and not having him potentially at two. And who knows? Maybe Lawrence doesn't end up being the best quarterback in this class. I mean, that's that's completely possible. Like we we know how things go with the NFL draft. We toward, we start to get into this mindset that we know exactly what's going to happen with these prospects. That is not the case. So, uh but the way it looks right now, he looks like one of those pretty close to can't miss prospects. It certainly seems that way and it's always less certain in this sport compared to hockey and basketball and you know those type of things, but if the Cavaliers happened to go on a little run at the end of the year than when LeBron was coming out, it probably wouldn't abode well for the organization. Well, I mean, this time last year, it was Tua, right? And and well, maybe not this right. time last year. I think Burrow had, had overtaken Tua because Tua was hurt. But to start the year, it was like, okay, Tua's number one. Tank for Tua. He was such a great prospect that teams are going to lose on purpose to draft him number one. And now it's a year later, and he was the the second quarterback taken. And now he's clearly would be the third, probably, if the, if the draft was done all over again. Yeah, uh, 100%. And even just looking back at years before that, Wentz came from nowhere. Kyler Murray was an Oakland A. Baker Mayfield was no way going to be a first-round pick. Yeah, you know? and, Baker Mayfield in December of what year was that, 2018? 2018 draft, right? Or 2017 draft? Anyway, eight, whatever, yeah. whatever year that was, in December, Baker Mayfield was in the second, maybe third round of mock drafts. Mm-hmm. And we are a little further along in the process. I mean, yes. these guys only have one more game to show what they can do. But And it's a weird year with not much to go off of. But still, you know, I mean, the whole tanking thing isn't always for the same guy. I think there Although is a, Lawrence looks different than all the rest. Right. I think it's been a foregone conclusion that Fields is number two and he might end up being there. But I think there's a lot more to shake up with those other three quarterbacks and, and maybe a couple other quarterbacks sneaking into the conversation in the first round as well. So we'll see how yeah, that ends yeah. up. But Lawrence is going to be the, the top guy. I want to go to Mark. But I, I guess what I, real quick on yeah. the Bengals. I mean, it looks like Penny Sewell is clearly the uh, the best non-quarterback and certainly it fits a need for them. But I'm not sure there's another one. There's not a Chase Young or, you know, a Bosa. Yeah, this is an odd year for pass rushers. There's a number of players at the position. I think it's a deep position, but it's not the top 10 pick. There's a couple of guys that can maybe get into that conversation in that category, but there's no slam dunk stud Bosa Chase Young right. type of player, Miles Garrett out there, but there are some top three pick. Yeah, but there's some top fifty, top one hundred prospects that could come in and, and be pass rushers off the edge. So it's an odd year for pass rushers as well. So it makes that quarterback decision a lot easier for teams. And the Bengals already had their quarterback, so it makes their decision easy too. So it might be just that easy at the top of the draft. With you, if you need a quarterback, you go quarterback because there's some good ones. Exactly. Mark says if at Williamson NFL was running San Diego. I assume he means the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay, yeah. Would he, right. <laughs> would he replace Lynn, who seems to have developed yes. Herbert, risking that development, or keep Lynn and try to fix uh, the terrible game coach knowing you might have another losing record in 2021 anyway? I would replace Lynn in yeah. a heartbeat. Yeah, you have to be one of my easiest decisions in the whole league with coaching changes because he's a terrible game manager and he's going to lose me games yeah. that we should win and he's not going to win me games that we should 
be competitive in. Yep. So you, you just can't keep losing games that way. No. Um, no, no, and, no. You know, he's done it's a nice been two job. years straight now. I mean, right, right, a right. Big sample size. He's done a nice job developing his no. quarterback. I don't think Herbert. Sure. You would risk. You would ruin. You would risk ruining Herbert because you you you're going to find another good coach and another good offensive coach, even if you get a defensive minded head coach in there. And Herbert's going to be fine. And Herbert's going to do a lot on his own. We've seen that already. Yeah, I mean, with all respect to Lynn, who people seem to love, and he seems like a smart guy and highly respectable, I can find somebody else, you know, and I'll find a quarterback whisperer or whatever. And, and I like to cite this, too. I mean, the reason they got Herbert in the draft was they were so bad in one-score games last year that if you would have reversed their one-score game outcomes, they would have been 13-3 and three in 2019. That's unbelievable. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. And we, a lot of people pointed to quarterback and we're realizing, you know what? Maybe that is not the quarterback now. That is definitely, no. uh, that's a coaching stat in Los Angeles. Let's finish this up with Tom in Texas. Seven of the top eight records in the league and nine of the top 11 are quarterbacked by a QB that is already off of his rookie contract or recently extended. Hmm. Has the media made too big of a deal about the benefit of rookie contract quarterbacks. The Browns and the Bills are the only two exceptions. Wow. I hadn't thought about that at all, but that makes perfect sense. I think there's kind of two sides to that argument because Rodgers, Wilson, Mahomes, you know, you know they're really good and they're going to be, you could, I'm not saying you can't give them nothing, but if you put, them on bad situations, they're still going to lead you to the promised land. You still so, want you want the quarterback that's going to eventually not be on his rookie contract. You want to have a quarterback that's good enough right. to pay a whole bunch of money to, and those quarterbacks that already exist in the league continually go to the playoffs. So I think that's why we see a lot of that. But when you do have a star quarterback that hasn't hit that contract yet, that's hugely beneficial. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, like a year or two from now, Allen's not going to qualify. He's going to be making forty million. Baker probably will get a big buck too. I mean, he's, he's making a strong case, mm -hmm. but if you can just, just look at Seattle Legion of boom days when they're signing Averill and Bennett and people like that and giving Lynch money because they have a third round quarterback making nothing. That's an awesome advantage or Dak with the Cowboys. Although they owed Romo so much money on his, you know, they maxed out their checkbook before he got there. It's a huge, huge advantage without question. But, I mean, I, I guess the real question is, would you rather have, I don't want to say Rodgers or Wilson because they're too good, but like someone who's very worthy of a $30 million you know, contract that's been around the block, that's won a lot of games, or would you rather have a second-year Kyler Phenom type, you know, for cap reasons and whatnot? Mm -hmm. No, uh, that's that's a fair question. And we're kind of seeing that play out a little bit in Philadelphia, where I think the answer is pretty simple. They're going to move on from Carson Wentz, although the the sure. young, cheap quarterbacks outplay him. So that makes that a lot easier. Right. And we'll see if that keeps up. I still have a little bit of doubts on that. But yeah, I mean, you already have caps. But yeah, it, if they could get in a situation where they're the only money that Philly is spending on quarterbacks is is a second round pick. They'll be great. You know, I mean, th th that'll be a, such an advantage. Yeah, well, and and the Eagles got to a Super Bowl while Wentz was on his rookie contract. That allowed them yeah. to do things like sign an expensive backup quarterback who took them to the Super Bowl, and then they won a Super Bowl because of it. So uh, it's really important, but having a great quarterback is more important, even if you have to pay him.
Right. I think you said that well. Like, if I can have anything in this league, I want a great quarterback, no matter what the right. cost, and I'll figure it out from there. But one of the best advantages in this league is having a high-end quarterback. I mean, you're not going to find many great quarterbacks, that I mean, elite quarterbacks that are on their first contract, and then building around them and spending like crazy. All right, good stuff. Fun show. Thanks, everybody, for all of your questions out there. Apologies if we didn't get to your questions. I think we came close to hitting all the divisions, and uh, we did not come close again to keeping it under two minutes, which is okay. It's kind of a running joke now with a two-minute drill is it's nowhere near a two-minute drill, which is totally fine. But another successful two-minute drill, in my opinion, thanks to the listeners out there who sent in questions to me at BD Peacock and Matt at Williamson NFL. We'll be back tomorrow. It's a stock up, stock down Wednesday. No, wait, it's not a normal Wednesday tomorrow. We're going to start previewing week 16 because there's going to be no Friday show this week due to Christmas. So happy holidays to everybody out there. We're going to start looking ahead tomorrow as we head toward Christmas and week 16 right here. Peacock and Williamson.